Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's not like people go around just adopting whatever idea they hear. It's they they seek out and adopt ideas that tell them that the way they view the world already is correct. From the amusing but relatively harmless, like the belief that the moon landing was fake, to ones that carry real-world consequences, like jailing people during a panic over Satanism. Conspiracy theories are a hallmark of American culture. My favorite is the one that Prince, now King Charles, is descended from Vlad the Impaler, and thus a vampire. And the true believers know that because some members of the royal family suffer from a condition which makes them sensitive to sunlight. Well, that's proof enough for me. Well, that's how conspiracy theories work. That's why they work so well, because you say, well, there's no evidence of your alleged conspiracy. And the answer is, well, of course there isn't. They're keeping it secret. And here's an example of that. Reebok releasing a pair of shoes earlier this year with a split toe, a style known as tabi, modeled after traditional Japanese footwear. Months later, a Christian group wrote on its Facebook page, that the shoes resembled a cloven hoof and were clearly inspired by the goat's feet of some devilish icons. The group wrote, and we quote, The rulers of this world show more and more openly and clearly who they worship. Make sure to open your eyes and don't be caught up in their rituals. Or is this just another example of what one expert describes as a moral panic? I'm Mike Rogers, and this week on Something Offbeats, we're going to hear from one of the country's foremost authorities on conspiracy theories, Dr. Joseph Yuzinski, a political science professor at the University of Miami. Last year, conspiracy theorists even claimed that satanic worship played a part in Travis Scott's deadly Astroworld concert in Houston. There was a concert that had some problems at it, and then rumors started that it was a satanic concert, and that they were stabbing people in the necks with uh, needles to drug them for some sort of satanic ritual. If you go back in time, I mean, there was moral panics about all sorts of consumer products, whether it's communication technology, like newspapers, novels, comic books, heavy metal music, Dungeons and Dragons. There are just a lot of people who just look out the window and see a world where the, the worst evil is everywhere. And that's, that's how they view the world. But this goes back even farther than Dungeons and Dragons and metal music. Brian Levin is director of the Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism. He told Odyssey's KCBS in San Francisco that there's also a racial element to some of these theories. Elvis, there was, there was outcry over his shaking his hips, and it was said to be satanic. Why? Because it was actually taken from uh, uh, black folk music and other types of blues. So there's always been this kind of dog whistle stereotyping, sometimes a bullhorn instead of a dog whistle. 
you know, if people have really strong beliefs, they can they can see whatever they want to see in just about anything, can't they? So I'd make a differentiation between the specific beliefs that people adopt and the underlying dispositions they have that get them to those beliefs, right? So the idea that sneakers or this particular music or that actor or this product has something to do with Satan, those are very specific ideas that will pop up from time to time. But what we find is when we peer under the hood into these people's psyches, it's that they're just disposed to these ideas, right? They often have a, a very religious mentality um, and they have a, a bunch of other personality characteristics and worldviews that make them disposed to these ideas. You wrote recently about a, a satanic panic in, in this country, I guess in the 80s and 90s. What happened there? So back then there was this fear that seemed to spread both through the U.S. and through other countries, Canada, the U.K., and Australia, where people believed that there were these widespread networks of satanic cults who were engaged in satanic ritual abuse of children that they were um, doing sexual things to these children as part of their rituals, then killing the children, drinking their blood, and eating the bodies. And sort of a neat theory if you think about it, because there was never any evidence found. And when you would ask the people supporting this theory, well, how come there's no evidence of any of this happening? They would say, well, because all the bodies are getting eaten. So obviously there's there's no evidence of, of any of this. This is a conspiracy theory that had some far-reaching consequences. People went to jail, you know, for fictitious crimes. There was a couple, I think, in Texas recently uh, that just got released after having been uh, in jail for decades for fictitious satanic crimes, right? And numerous people were brought to trial. Back in 1992, an Austin-area couple was sentenced to 48 years each in prison after they were convicted of sexually assaulting a three-year-old at a daycare they ran out of their home. And they served almost half that sentence, 21 years, before they were released by an appeals court, which ruled that a doctor who testified in their trial was mistaken in determining that there was any physical evidence of assaults, according to CBS News. The state wound up paying the couple more than $3 million. After the panic subsided, they realized there was no evidence for any of this. So people can can believe a lot of things. It doesn't mean that any of it's true. Is that a common response, what you just mentioned, when you say something that, that people say, you say, you can't prove that happened, and they respond by saying, you can't prove it didn't? And even if you say, well, there's a lot of evidence against your theory, you say, well, those are all red hearings getting thrown out by the sneaky conspirators. We can't always expect that there's going to be good evidence, but in any sound judicial system, we shouldn't just be throwing around accusations and then putting people in jail for things of which we just don't have good evidence for. In August, Yuzinski co-authored an article about the concerns some Americans have around satanic activity. We polled on ideas having to do with satanic cults being engaged in widespread practices, uh, engaging on them with uh, children and harming children teachers grooming children, there being a gay agenda or a trans agenda to turn kids gay. So we pulled on things like that because all of that rhetoric is sort of getting tied together. It's being used by the same people to make this point that there's these evil harms out there. And if you vote or support for them, then, then they're going to fight against these evils. 
That poll, conducted over the summer, found that a quarter of Americans agreed with the statement, satanic ritual abuse is widespread in this country. And 28% had agreed that there is a secret gay agenda aimed at converting young people into gay and trans lifestyle. What concerns me right now is that we have a lot of political elites engaging in this sort of rhetoric, and that's something we didn't see in the 1980s. So in the 1980s, it was religious leaders, local police, psychiatrists, social workers, etc., more localized people who were engaged in this rhetoric and believing it was true and putting out warnings about it. But now it's coming from the former president of the United States, it's coming from senators and representatives, and it's coming from the governor of my state too, who is convinced that teachers are grooming children uh, for some sort of sexualized lifestyle. Back in March, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill that critics dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill concerning parental rights in education. It prohibits classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through the third grade and prohibits instruction that is not age-appropriate for students. So once you get political elites pushing these ideas, those ideas are going to reach a lot more people. So these numbers could potentially increase the rhetoric increases. But I'll also say, too, we don't know how widespread these ideas were in the 1980s because there was very little polling done on it. Um, there was only one poll that I saw from the late 80s, and that was of Texas. And 80% of Texans at that time said that satanic cults were a major problem in the country. Now, that may be a Texas thing. I don't know. Um, I imagine if they did that poll in Florida, it'd come out <laughs> almost the same. Um, but I don't know if that would hold across the rest of the country. I just want you to know, I lived in Texas at that time, and if they'd asked me, I would have been in the 20%, okay? <laughs> I want to let you know, you broke this down by political affiliation, though, right? Yeah, so what we find is that some of these ideas are a little bit more on the right than they are on the left, but some of them are equally distributed through both parties. And even when there are differences between right and left in these beliefs, the differences aren't all that big. These are ideas that have been out there for a long, long time. And just think about the ideas of Satan or harming children and things like that. These are the most terrible things. These represent true evil. These are ideas that are sort of irredeemable. You can't really come back from them. When you say that there's no coming back, for a lot of people, there's no coming back. I mean, are, are you saying that we shouldn't try? I mean, wh what do you say to someone who has just gone headfirst into all of this? How do you try to bring them back to reality? Well, what I meant by bring them back was, you know, if you are a convicted satanic sex offender, <laughs> you're, you're not going to get invited to too many dinner parties, even after you served your sentence. Um, but... But you ask a good question nonetheless, and that is, if someone believes all this stuff, what do you do about it? Well, it depends. If this, is, if this belief is an expression of their underlying identity, there's almost nothing you can do. If this is a strong belief for them, if it's something that's intertwined with their worldview and their personality traits, good luck. Um, but if it's just something that somebody heard online or a friend told them or, you know, their uncle said it at the dinner table and now they're wondering if it's true or not, those are the people you can reach. Um, but for people who are absolutely convinced, there is no argument that's going to change their mind, unfortunately.
Like the woman who urged parents not to let their kids watch this year's biggest Halloween movie. The headline reads, Texas mom goes viral over her stern warning about watching Hocus Pocus 2. You will unleash hell on your kids through the TV screens. And one of her, her quotes is, It grieves me, the thought of exposing our kids to darkness. The whole movie is based on witches harvesting children for blood sacrifices. So for the ones you can reach, that second group you mentioned, how do you reach them? What do you say? Well, if someone was to come to me and say, I think there's satanic cults who are, you know, uh, molesting children everywhere and we are concerned about this. I'd say, well, the FBI has investigated this for years and they never found any evidence of it at all. And I say, if you want to believe it, that's fine, but maybe you should withhold belief until there's more evidence to show that it's actually real. What's your favorite one of the moments, the satanic or non-satanic? <laughs> so I get asked this quite a bit. I, I think the goofiest conspiracy theory I ever heard was actually found in the New York Times. Um, in the 1970s, and it was this idea that the CIA had created an army of lesbians and that they were infiltrating the women's movement in order to have uh, sexual trysts with the leaders of the women's movement, um, then use that as blackmail to then co-opt organizations like NOW um, and other groups like that. So I always thought that was sort of interesting. It seems something that might belong more in penthouse letters rather than the New York Times, but nonetheless, it was mentioned a couple times in the mid-70s. I'm going to guess that turned out not to be true. <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> but you are wearing a pair of those cloven hoof shoes, right? Now. <laughs> I get accused of many, many things. So, you know, just talking about people's beliefs gets their cackles up. And, and I'm usually accused of being a deep state agent who's trying to shut down reasonable debate. And uh, can't prove that I'm not. So. I'm Mike Rogers, and thanks for listening to Something Offbeats. This episode written and produced by Lauren Berry and Chris Blake, with audio editing by Chris Blake, original music by Myron Kaplan, and editorial support from Cooper Mall. To keep listening, please subscribe to us on the Odyssey app or Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got your own offbeat story that you think we should cover, please send it to us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey, dot com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 